To begin our message today, I want to ask you to reflect on what it is that you would say defines you. Very simple question for us to be able to start with. What would you say defines you? What would you say are the things that are at the core of your identity? Who you say that you are? For some of us, here's a few ideas that might come to mind. For some of us, we're defined very much by our relationships. So it could be that we're defined by the relationship that we had with our parents. And for some of us, even as we get older, that can still be something that's there. We can be defined by our relationships with our brothers and sisters. We can be defined by our relationship as a spouse, as a wife or as a husband. We can be defined as a mother, a father. We can be defined by the friendships that we have, the neighbours that we've got. So it could be relationships that help to define who we are or set our sense of identity. For some of us, it could be about the roles that we play. So it could be about the job that we have or about the career that we're pursuing, or it could be about the role that we play as a homemaker, or it could be about the choices that we're making as we explore where our future lies. For some of us, our story very much defines who we are and shapes our identity. So particular moments that have happened throughout our lives, particularly moments that might be hard, the impact of grief, the loss of a loved one perhaps, difficult circumstances that we've been through, medical challenges that we've had, significant illnesses that we've been through. Some of those things can really define us and shape our identity. I would hope that for many of us, we would say that our faith is a key part of what shapes us and creates our identity. Recognising who Jesus is and who Jesus says that we are is core to recognising who we are. We spent some time talking about that last year, recognising that God's big story, God's meta-narrative can have a huge impact on us. That As we understand that God created us to be in a full, complete relationship with him, to live at peace in our relationships with other people, to live at peace with the creation that he made that can shape us. And that even in those moments where we walk away from God's best we can still experience what God has for us and allow that to shape us. And that ultimately Jesus comes to show us what a life that is fully surrendered to God's plan looks like. And that because of Jesus' life, death and resurrection, we have the opportunity to allow our identity to be shaped by something concrete, which we'll reflect on later around the communion table. But we can allow those key themes of love and peace and forgiveness and purpose that comes through God's big story to be a big part of what defines us and shapes our identity. Today, as we've talked about throughout our service, is Australia Day, and so we also recognise that our culture shapes us in a significant way too. For some of us, that is the culture of being Australians, but many of us come from other places as well. And so, being South African, or being Indian, or being Nepalese, or being Fijian feeds into the sense of who we are. For a lot of us, we wrestle with what it actually means for our identity to be shaped by being Australian. It's a bit confusing at times to understand what does that actually mean? Who are we as a country and who is our identity as people who call ourselves Australians? And in particular, we recognise the challenge of what it means to acknowledge and understand the complex relationship that we've got with our Indigenous brothers and sisters and how that then shapes us as Australians. What is our story and how do we articulate how that shapes us and creates our sense of identity? 
And I'll be honest and say that Australia Day for me has become a very challenging day. But I really want today to be a day where we have the opportunity to be able to celebrate all that's great about being Australians. And especially, as many of you know, we spent a number of years away living in Canada. And so coming back to Australia and being able to celebrate being Australians and all of the amazing things that we have in this country is something that I definitely, desperately want to do because it's a great thing to recognise how lucky we are to live in Australia. But we also have to acknowledge that today is a difficult day that marks some significant things that happened in our history that are not good and are not positive and for a lot of people have had a really, really significant impact. So my hope every year is that at least while we're on January 26th, I have the opportunity to pause and to reflect and to say, well, what sort of country do I want to be a part of being in? What sort of country do I want to be a part of helping us to move forward in? That today is a day to reflect and celebrate for sure, but also to wrestle with some of those realities that sometimes we kind of forget about throughout the rest of the year. Today we're taking some time to unpack this passage from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy. And the background context for the passage that we're looking at is that this is the Israelite nation that's being spoken to. And so a bit of background on their story is that uh, there was this guy, Abraham, who God chose to say, I'm going to choose you and your family, your ancestors, your descendants, to be the people who are going to understand what it looks like to live life the way that I created you to live, to understand what it looks like to live in a full relationship with me, with each other, with creation. And so God chose Abraham and his family to be those people and they became the nation of Israel. We fast forward and skip over a lot of stuff and they end up in slavery in Egypt. And this leader, Moses, is raised up to take the Israelites out of slavery into freedom and to lead them towards the promised land. And so the passage that we're looking at today comes just after Moses has given a bunch of instructions to the Israelites about how to live the way that God created them to live. In particular, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we read about the Ten Commandments that many of us would be uh, familiar with, the specific instructions that God gave to say, this is what it looks like to live in a healthy relationship with me and each other. Live these things out and you'll live out what I created you to live. And so Moses then says these words after he's given them those instructions. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. These are all the laws that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Obey them in the land that you're about to enter and occupy. As long as you live, you and your descendants are to honour the Lord your God and obey all his laws that I'm giving you so that you may live in that land a long time. Listen to them, people of Israel, and obey them. Then all will go well with you and you'll become a mighty nation and live in that rich and fertile land, just as the Lord, the God of our ancestors, has promised. Israel, remember this. The Lord and the Lord alone is our God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So this is Moses' blueprint. I guess we could say this is God's blueprint for what it means to be a healthy nation. This is what they need to know in order to move into being the country that God wanted them to be. And it's really quite simple at the end of the day. Remember that God is God, so love God with everything that you've got. It's that simple. Put God, number one, above everything else. Don't let anything else get in the way. Take your instructions only from God. Focus only on God. But do that with a sense of love. Loving God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. These words, the last couple of verses that we read there, are really crucial for anyone who is Jewish. 
It's the beginning of every Jewish service when they meet together and it's one of the first verses that anyone who's a Jewish child is taught. This is crucial to their identity to understand what it means to live the way that God created them to live. God is number one, so love God with every part of who you are. We know that Jesus took those words and then he used them when he was asked the question, what does it mean to live the way that God wants us to live? And his answer was, love God with all of your heart and all of your strength and all of your soul. But he also said what's equally important is to love the people around you, to love your neighbour as you love yourself. That idea of what we talked about with the kids, that we allow God's love to pour into us so much that it spills out into our relationships with the people around us. Love God, love people, and we'll do everything that God wants us to do. And Moses particularly talks about these three ideas, loving God with all of our heart. And so whenever we read about our heart in Scripture, we're talking about our passions, about our motives, about our desires. And often we're challenged to recognise that our heart, the passions that we have, the desires that we have, then shape the thoughts that we have, which leads to our actions. So rather than focusing on actions first, we should start with our heart. Because if our heart is in the right place, then that will lead to the right thoughts, which will automatically lead to the right actions. Our soul is understood to be the essence of our being, our very life itself. And then our strength is all of our might, all of our choices, our willpower is maybe another way of being able to understand it. And it's interesting that those three things are not actually about actions. They all lead to actions. Moses begins by saying, fill yourself with God's love in your heart, in your passions, in your motives, in your soul, the very essence of who you are, your very identity, and then in your strength, the choices that you make, the willpower that you have. St. Augustine, one of the early church leaders, put it this way, love God and then do as you please. Love God and then do as you please. Which is a fairly challenging statement. I don't know about you, but there are a few questions that that raises for me. But it's an interesting idea. And what he was really trying to say was, if we choose to love God with every part of who we are, then we can do whatever we want. Because the things that we want to do will automatically be aligned with the things that God wants us to do. So we can effectively do as we please. If we love God and we want to do the things that please him, then we can just go ahead and live our lives. And we know that we will make the right choices out of the right motivations, out of the right desires that will lead to the things that God wants us to do. The flip side of that is also true, though. It doesn't matter how many rules are imposed on us. If love is not at the core of who we are and what our motivation is, then at the end of the day, we will automatically try to find the little out clauses. And all of us have experienced that in our lives. And all of us know that's the story of humanity. If we just impose rules and say, you have to live this way, but there's no understanding about love being core to that, then it ends up going sideways fast. So love God and do as you please. Moses then says some words that are very familiar to us. We often read these when we do child dedications in verse 6. He says, Never forget these commands that I'm giving you today. Teach them to your children. Repeat them when you are at home and when you're away, when you're resting and when you're working. Tie them on your arms and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. So Moses says, Put God number one. Love God with every part of who you are and then pass that on to the next generation. 
That's how to live your lives. Spend all of your time helping the next generation to understand what it looks like to put God first and to love God with every part of who you are. Pass on what's been given to you, what you have experienced, what you've lived in your lives. And it's interesting that Moses talks about that in the just everyday flow of life. He doesn't say, talk about these things when you get together for an hour or so on a Sunday and that's it. He doesn't say, make sure that you form schools and tell people how to do it there. He says, every day, as you get up, as you go to sleep, as you walk around, as you're at work, as you're at play, as you're eating together, every day there are opportunities for us to talk about what it means to put God number one and to love him with every part of who we are. So for parents in particular, this is the challenge for us, is that one of our key roles is to help our kids to grow up with that understanding. How do they put God as number one in their lives and love God with every part of who, who they are? How do they help their identities to be shaped by that understanding of who God says that they are, what it means to experience God's love and to allow that to flow out into the people around them? But for all of us, we have the opportunity to pass that on to the next generation, to our young adults, to our students, to our kids. As a church family, we've got the opportunity to share those things as we make our way week in, week out as well. So that's the blueprint that God gives to Moses to give to the Israelites, to say this is what it means to be a healthy nation. And I was interested as I kind of processed through that this week preparing for today about what it would have meant if for us as a nation that had been our blueprint from the very beginning? What if Australia's blueprint had been about saying God is number one above everything else? Put God first in all of the choices that you make, in the way that things unfold. And even more than that, if love had been central to every decision that we've made as a nation, where would we be today? What would be different about who we are? And we want to recognise that we're not Australians first. That for those of us who've made a decision to follow Jesus, we're Jesus people first. We're under Jesus' kingship as the most important thing that shapes our identity. That's where our allegiance lies. That's where we begin. That's central to who we are. Is who is Jesus? What has Jesus told us? How do we live the way that Jesus wants us to live? That's where we start, first and foremost, before any other cultural choices that we make. But today, as we celebrate Australia Day, what if our focus as people who call ourselves Australians, who are under the kingship of Jesus, what if our focus was on what it means to put God first in everything that we do, to love God with every part of who we are and to allow that love to spill out into the relationships that we've got and all the different circles that we go as we live, as we work, as we play, as we serve in this amazing country that we live in. But there's also a really great challenge here that Moses finishes with about remembering God's provision for us as well. In verse 10, Moses says, Just as the Lord your God promised your ancestors Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, he will give you a land with large and prosperous cities which you did not build. The houses will be full of good things which you did not put in them. And there will be wells that you did not dig and vineyards and olive orchards that you didn't plant. When the Lord brings you into this land and you have all that you want to eat, make certain that you do not forget the Lord who rescued you from Egypt, where you were slaves. And that's a great reminder for us on Australia Day as well. It's to recognise that all that we have is because of God's goodness 
to us, that we have inherited all of this, and it's because of God's blessing. We have so much freedom, so much to enjoy, and it's all because God gives it to us. We don't want to forget that as we celebrate today. So as we wrap up our message, as I said earlier, there are some mixed feelings that I have about what it means. And even using the word celebrate Australia Day for me at times is something that I struggle with. As I said, I do want to celebrate today. I do want to say this is great that we get to live in this country. As we prayed earlier, we also want to recognise that for lots of people today is a day where they're continuing to struggle with the realities of what's happened for them over the last couple of months, particularly those who've been impacted by the bushfires. They have a lot of rebuilding to do. And for us as a country, we've got a lot of rebuilding that we need to do because of that. And so today is a hard day for lots of people who are Australians as well. But we also do recognise that today is a day where we grieve with our Indigenous brothers and sisters about the story that is a part of this land and how it was founded and some of the events that have unfolded. But the question that I would love us to reflect on as we head into this week and as we head into this new year of 2020 is who am I? Ultimately, at the end of the day, who am I? What is at the core of my identity? What do I allow to define me and articulate who I am? Am I putting God first in all of the things that I do? Is God number one in my life, in my priorities, in my choices, in my motivations? Is Jesus the centre of my life, the centre of all that I'm about? And is that not just something that I do out of obligation or out of a fear of punishment or out of tradition, but something that I do because of God's amazing love for me, because of all that God has done for me? And so am I then choosing to love God with every part of who I am, my heart, my soul, my strength? Do those things articulate and define who I am? Because one of the challenges for us is to think about what it would look like if every day this year we just focused on those two things. What if every day, for all of us, our focus was simply this, to get up each morning and to say, God, today I choose to put you as number one in my life again. I want the choices I make today, the things that I do today, the priorities that I set today, the way that I spend my time and my money, the way that I interact with the people that I interact with, I want all of that to be about you being number one in my life. And secondly, I want to love you more than I did yesterday. Even if that's just a little bit. What would happen if every day we got up and we said, today, God, I want to put you number one just a little bit more than I did yesterday. And I want to love you a little bit more than what I did yesterday. And what if that love as it fills us then overflows into all the relationships we've got and the interactions that we have with the people around us? I think that would be pretty amazing that we would have so many amazing stories about the ways in which God is at work in our lives, the ways in which God is at work in the community around us as well. And so I'm going to pray that as we head into this year, these things can be central and core to who we are, that these things can shape our identity as we move forward into all that God's got for us in 2020. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for your amazing love for us, your love that has been there since before creation, that your whole goal in creating us as humanity was simply to allow us to be a part of your family, that love has been central to every choice that you have ever made. 
We're so grateful that love is central to the whole story that has unfolded ever since. The story of the Israelites, the story of you, Jesus, that you came to show us what love looks like with human flesh on. You came to show us what it looks like to live out of the love that comes from God the Father. You came to show us what it looks like to love the people around us with everything that we've got. And so I pray that you would continue to challenge us about what it means to put you first in our lives. As people who want to follow you, as people who want to centre our lives on you, we pray that you would continue to sand off the rough edges of our lives, that in those moments where we make wrong choices, in those moments where we operate out of a sense of selfishness instead of your best, that you would in a healthy way challenge us about that, that you would correct us, but that you would help us to understand that you do that out of a sense of love, out of a sense of what's best for us. And that then we can course correct and continue to move forward with you as number one in our lives. And as we focus on that, we pray that you would then fill us with your love. That you would help every part of us to be filled to overflowing. Our hearts, our motives, our passions, the very essence of who we are, the choices that we make on a daily basis. That all of those things would be filled with your love in such a way that it spills over the top of us into our friendships, into our families, into our workplaces, into our streets and our neighbourhoods, the interactions that we have as we head into this year. Help us each day to just move forward a little bit more on what that looks like. And as we do, to experience how amazing it is that you want to give us your love as we live our lives together. In your name we pray. Amen.